Well, good morning, church family. I thank you for worshiping here in Camden today. And this is a very special day as we get to recognize our graduates from high school and college. This is probably one of the first times in my 30 years that I've not been here on this Sunday. But most of you know that we're most likely en route back from Arkansas uh, after being part of a funeral. So uh, thank you for your prayers. But I just wanted to speak to the graduates uh, just for a moment as Kasia presents them a gift from the church. First of all, to you high school kids, uh, well done. We're super proud of all of you. I know some of you are coming from uh, different school districts. Some of you are coming from homeschool, uh, Christian schools. We're proud of all of you. Thank God for you. And know that this is an exciting time in your life as well as a scary time in your life. So you keep God first in everything that you do and you continue to worship him and you continue to be faithful in church in your college years or if you go to work and don't go to college and God will honor that. So I'm going to be praying for you in this new season of life. Secondly, let me say something to those that have completed college degrees or upper level degrees, uh, graduates, uh, graduate school, masters. Uh, well done. And there's something to say about an adult who goes back to school or continues their education with a family, uh, it's very difficult. Uh, I've been there with you. And I just thank God for you. It's a good model. It's a good testimony. So we pray God's blessing upon you as you continue to serve. Hey, I love my church family. And I'm also blessed today that our associational missionary, Steve Renfro, was willing to step in once we heard the arrangements in Arkansas to preach for me this morning. So Steve, we love you. Uh, you know you've got freedom from the pulpit. We know you'll preach the word of God. Hey, folks, have a great day of worship, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you Wednesday night in Bible study. God bless.
Good morning and welcome on this beautiful June morning and summer has arrived in full force. So stand with us this morning. We're going to, um, this is graduation Sunday and so I tried to pick a lot of the songs that would be pertinent to all of you graduates. So this first one um, is my all in all and um, you know this is one of Brother Greg's favorites because it starts with whoa. whoa. So Brother Greg if you're watching um, we're doing the, your favorite whoa starting song. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I you are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in my shame rising again i bless your name you are my all in all when i fall down you pick me up when i am dry you fill my cup you are my all in all Jesus, Lamb of 
morning. You can be seated, actually. We have quite a few things to mention. First, I just wanted to say welcome to First Southern Baptist. Uh, my name is Cody, and I'm just glad to welcome you here. If you're visiting with us in the bulletin, you'll find a welcome card on the right-hand side. Please fill that out, and there's these boxes beside the doors. When you exit, if you place them inside, we'll be able to get back in touch with you, and thank you for coming to worship today. You notice Brother Greg's not here. He is uh, attending the funeral. He's actually uh, speaking a, a good portion of it. Uh, of his mentor in Arkansas, and so we're praying for them. They had a safe arrival yesterday, so praise the Lord for that. Uh, Brother Steve Renfro is actually here today bringing the word for us. I know I normally preach uh, when Greg's out. However, this last week we were kind of having a little staycation at our house, and so Greg called Steve up, and Brother Steve, thank you for being here. We're looking forward to you bringing the word. He's our associational missionary, so he is kind of oversight over the Southern Baptist churches in this region, and so we're, we're glad to have you. Um, I do want to share this uh, important announcement, kind of uh, unfortunate and sad news that uh, most of you saw in the prayer chain, but uh, Brother Dave Fife unexpectedly passed away, and, uh, and that was uh, not something any of us were looking uh, at on our radar, right? And that's, that's kind of the, the challenge of this life as we navigate it, right? There are sometimes those unexpected happenings, and this is one of them. And so, um, you know, Pat, uh, his wife, is in hospice, and She's still not well, but we, we just didn't expect this from Dave. And so, obviously, the family is devastated. Please keep all of them in your prayers. And there will be a service here on Friday at the church right here. Um, the visitation is going to be 11 to 1, and then 1 o'clock is the service. There will be a meal following. So come on out, support the family uh, through this tough time. Um, we also had uh, Sandy Earl. I hope I'm getting everything correct on this, but... Just celebrated 60th, but broke her arm on Friday. So that's that's also a bummer there. I want to pray for her. Um, and then um, uh, this is a bread Sunday, so have your dollar ready at the end. And then I think I'm going out in a random order on this list. I apologize. But, Tim, do you want to do your thing now? Um, so after you do your thing, we'll pray. And then we have a, a quite joyous occasion to celebrate, too, with our graduates. So here's Tim. Good morning, everyone. What a great-looking group we got this morning. So does anybody know what July 9th is? What, what are we doing July 9th? Celebration, yes, Brother Greg's 30th, 30th uh, anniversary as our pastor here. And Steve, off the top of your head, what would you say the average tenure of a Southern Baptist pastor is in, in the church these days? Four to six years, four to six years, and we're celebrating 30, 30 years. Okay, so just housekeeping notes uh, concerning that. One service, July 9th, at 1045, uh, we are having a meal immediately afterwards uh, across the, the way. Wendy Mann is catering. Wendy says we need to know by next Sunday, June 11th, whether you're staying for the meal and how many in your family. So uh, if you haven't already, to tear off on your bulletin, simply put your name and how many and drop that in the offering plate. We'll collect those. We already have a number already for Cody online. Uh, do they go to the church website or to 
you're like me, you're going to do a tear-off. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's, we need that by June 11th. And uh, also, out at the foyer, there's a, uh, um, a box and half sheets of paper. I guess we call that, call that book of comments, comment sheet. Kasia is uh, taking care of that for us. Thank you, Kasia. Um, make those, we, we need those back by the 18th, two weeks from today. And uh, Kasia's going to take those and electronically somehow create a book. It'll be in your handwriting, but it won't be the original. It'll be one nicely done uh, by Kasia. So thanks for doing that, Kasia. Also, your old timers, if you've got any pictures from way back when, Betty, I'm looking at you. Uh, we <laughs> well, we're the same age. Okay. Um, you've, been, you've been here since the beginning is what I'm saying, really. Um, so we need to collect those from you. Cody's going to make a PowerPoint that will roll through the uh, mealtime and so forth. Uh, put your name on the back of those. Uh, is there any time, cutoff time that you need to, to do that? The 18th, same as for the uh, comments. Okay, great. And my wife says, Lena says, make sure you put your name on the back of them so that we can return them to you. Also, we're taking up a love offering between now and then to Brother Greg, and I'd like to go big on this. Um, give your money to any deacon, and uh, we're going to make that presentation on the 9th. Yes, typical Sunday school, but no children's church. Right. Right. So am I leaving anything out, Cody, Kasia, Deacon's Wives, Lena? One service, that's right. So great. We're looking for a great time of celebration. 30 years. 30 years for anything is a long time, but especially, and what a, what a blessing it is to have a pastor that loves and displays mercy like Brother Greg. So, okay, thank you. This time, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to be with us today. Lord, we come to you in prayer. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your love, all the, all the wonderful blessings you've given us as a church family. Lord, we thank you for our pastor. We thank you for his wife, Renee. We thank you for their steadfast leadership here to serve you faithfully. And Lord, we just pray for our upcoming celebration that we uh, we just point it back to you, Lord, for your goodness and bringing us a pastor that's uh, been, been with us so long to lead souls to Christ and Lord, we thank you for this church that's grown over the years, and we just pray we'd never lose sight of the gospel mission to grow and make disciples and then to have them learn how to make disciples. And Lord, when we're all not here anymore, we pray this church would still be going on strong, spreading the good news to the area. Lord, we pray today for the Fife family. We pray today for all of those here today who are mourning the loss of Brother Dave. It is a tough thing, Lord, when we lose members. Um, somewhat unexpectedly, and, and Lord, we just pray for comfort and peace uh, that, that you just allow these, um, this upcoming service to be done in a way that um, just comforts the family. So, Lord, I pray for Brother Greg in that, and I pray for the church as well. And Lord, we pray for um, Sandy Earl with the, the broken arm. Pray for a lot of our members here today with other various needs unspoken. Lord, bless each one. See to each need as you have a plan in your will for our lives. We know we just seek your will, Lord. Uh, Lord, we want to pray today for uh, Brother Greg and Renee as they're not with us here traveling, that uh, you'd allow that service that he's attending to be a blessing as well. And Lord, I pray for our service as we have Brother Steve here bringing the word. 
I pray you'd allow us to listen, to, to open your word, and, and to soak in what you have, the Spirit to teach us. Uh, I pray that we'd listen carefully. I pray, pray that we'd be receptive to the words uh, that will be spoken. Lord, we give you all glory and honor and praise, most of all, for the gift of Jesus, who died for our sins. Without that, we would be lost eternally. And so, Lord, we're thankful. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we'll do, before we shake hands and greet, let's, you want to sweat segue in? Or do you want to do, what do you want to do? Do the video. Okay. So, Brother Greg, knowing, knowing he wouldn't be here today, he prepared a little nice video for the graduates. And so, I think the sound team has that ready. And we'll watch that, and then we'll do the recognition. Well, good morning, church family. Uh, thank you for worshiping here in Camden today. And this is a very special day as we get to recognize our graduates from high school and college. This is probably one of the first times in my 30 years that I've not been here on this Sunday. But most of you know that we're most likely en route back from Arkansas uh, after being part of a funeral. So uh, thank you for your prayers. But I just wanted to speak to the graduates uh, just for a moment as Kasia presents them a gift from the church. First of all, to you high school kids, uh, well done. We're super proud of all of you. I know some of you are coming from uh, different school districts. Some of you are coming from homeschool, uh, Christian schools. We're proud of all of you. Thank God for you. And know that this is an exciting time in your life as well as a scary time in your life. So you keep God first in everything that you do and you continue to worship him and you continue to be faithful in church in your college years or if you go to work and don't go to college and God will honor that. So I'm gonna be praying for you in this new season of life. Secondly, let me say something to those that have completed college degrees or upper level degrees, um, graduates, uh, graduate school, masters. Uh, well done. And there's something to say about an adult who goes back to school or continues their education with a family, uh, it's very difficult. Uh, I've been there with you. And I just thank God for you. It's a good model. It's a good testimony. So we pray God's blessing upon you as you continue to serve. Hey, I love my church family. And I'm also blessed today that our associational missionary, Steve Renfro, was willing to step in once we heard the arrangements in Arkansas to preach for me this morning. So Steve, we love you. Uh, you know you've got freedom from the pulpit. We know you'll preach the word of God. Hey, folks, have a great day of worship, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you Wednesday night in Bible study. God bless. Well, there is not a single thing I can add to that. Um, that is wonderful. And our heart is um, especially big for our graduates this year. I've got one graduating this year, so if I cry or blither like a baby, you'll know why. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> and if I hug you, just deal. All right, so... Before we have the video, let's go ahead and have our seniors, all seniors, whether it be college or high school, come on up, and we'll have you sit in these front rows just so you're uh, closer. Come on up, and then we'll, let's go ahead and show the video for our church family to see.
Just like getting started Somehow we're still running Like those kids back then Kids back then 
High school first, and Cody, since I'm moving slow, if you could get the Bibles for me. All right, so every single one of you, and I feel, I feel like they're mine. I love them, and we've been blessed the past three years to have them in the youth ministry, and then to see them go on and do great things for the Lord. Um, I'm so proud that the church family rallied around. Nathan and I last night, as we were looking through the Bibles, they're the first ones. Okay. Um, as we were um, looking through what just people had written, the words of encouragement and the stories that come behind the verses that you all highlighted and signed your names, this is going to be something that my prayer is that will stick with them uh, for a lifetime. So there we go. Casey has hers. Thank you, Casey. So Casey's plan is to go to Miami in the fall. And Peyton's plan is to go to Mount St. Joseph University in the fall. And we've got um, Brady here who's going to go to Cedarville in the fall. Hannah, your plan is to work for a little bit and then go into a program to become a national parks uh, person, right? Yeah. And, and then you are going to pursue your calling in the ministry. Yeah. Amen to that. 
So um, we're super proud of our high school graduates. Family, if you love them and you vow to pray for them throughout this year, please say amen. All right, thanks, guys. associate's degree in Matthew Spurlock. Um, and then we also had Jasmine Mabry, who just got married and is now Jasmine Russell, who graduated with her master's. And then why don't you guys tell us what you plan to do with your degree? I uh, graduated with my master's in educational leadership and currently am working towards my principal license. So hopefully that will happen in the near future. I graduated with my master's in business and recently took a promotion to a manager position with Mercy West. All right, church family, if you agree to pray for them and encourage them in their walk with the career God has lined out for them, say amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, and we know we do have some graduates that were not able to be here, but we will get those Bibles to them, and um, I think that's it. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Just ask, ask for, uh, you know, that more than anything, these graduates would seek the Lord uh, and, and, and seek his path for their lives. And so let's pray for that right now. Lord, we, we know that you have a plan for each of us, and we're so thankful for it. And Lord, I pray for each of these graduates here today that you've already blessed their lives with these uh, successful completions of their programs. And Lord, we pray that we continue to seek you and your will for their life more than anything, more than personal pursuits of any kind. They would seek what you have for them, and pursue that with zest and energy as they uh, seek to, in whatever place you've put them, uh, make disciples for the kingdom. And so, Lord, that's my prayer for each graduate, that they would love you, serve you all of their days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's go ahead and greet those near us, and we'll continue with our worship. So if you stand, have a handshake.
his nail-pierced head, and to be the king of a vast domain, or be held in sin's dressless. On this graduation Sunday, we hope that our graduates, especially those high school, as they go off, remember that they'd rather have Jesus than anything else this world can give them. Along that same lines is uh, graves into, into gardens. There's nothing better than Jesus. search the world it couldn't fill me men's empty praise and treasures of faith Place your mercy and grace won't find me. 
comes up you can be seated we're going to dismiss our children to children's church and uh, boy it's been a great great morning so far with the worship thank you worship team thank you Kasia. i failed to mention for all your work with the graduates brother steve we're gonna bring you up and for the word thank you brother steve. good morning everybody it's good to be with you i'm glad to be had <laughs> thank you bill let's give our uh, Graduates, another round of applause, okay? 
I'm excited for you. I just spent a couple weeks, uh, two weekends ago, I was in Tennessee as my oldest grandchild, 23, just graduated and uh, completed her nursing degree. And the next week, she called and said, I got my job. I'm going to be an ER nurse. So uh, I can appreciate where some of you are in terms of the graduation. We want to talk this morning about your identity in Jesus Christ. If you'll open your Bible to Acts 16, we're going to be looking at verses 30 and 31. Here's a concern that I've got. In my days since I graduated from high school, West Carrollton, 1971, it seems like things have changed. Seems like there's a lot of confusion and a lot of violence. Here's an example of the confusion that... Um, I'm watching young people deal with um, sexual confusion. They don't know if they're male or if they're female. Maybe today they're one, tomorrow they're different. They're not even sure if they're human. Some call themselves furries. If you don't know what that is, ask a teenager. And I'm not trying to poke fun by any means at anybody. I'm just trying to say people are confused. We're confused about marriage. The Bible talked about marriage that was between a man and a woman. Today, that definition has been changed. And not only has it been changed, it's been changed again. People are marrying themselves. So where do we go for answers? We live in a society in which there's violence. I don't like turning on television because I don't want to hear the latest somebody hit somebody. Somebody killed somebody. They just walked by and hit somebody. Push them in the subway. We live in a day and time in which human value has been decreased. Where do we go for answers? I was with, uh, a week ago, a young lady that's 19, studying to be a psychologist. A 44-year-old that's going to enroll to do her master's. She already has a doctorate. She's going to go back to school to get a master's in psychology. A 57-year-old just completed his service in the military a doctor in psychology. I was asking the three of them, what are the answers? And they all said in unison, together, individually, but together, people need Jesus Christ. If you're able to stand in respect to the word of God, look with me in Acts 16, as I turn there, Acts 16. If you'll go ahead and stand, and we'll look at that verse there. We're going to be talking about your identity in Christ. Who are you? You act based on your perception of yourself. Here's a question that was asked of Paul in that first century. God did a miracle and freed him from prison. The prison guard came before him and said this important question in Acts 16, 30. It says here, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
in the answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, take your word and speak to our hearts about our identity. We live in a time of confusion about self, about marriage, about how we treat others. Show us through your word who we are. Transform us by an understanding of who we can become in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As you're seated, I'm gonna give you seven identities based on the word of God. The first one that you're finding here, your identity in Jesus Christ. Do you see yourself as a believer? Do you recognize that Jesus is the sinless son of God that was born of a Virgin Mary, came to earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, was buried, raised by the power of God, and today lives at the right hand of the Father, that he is the only way of salvation? Do you believe that? Acts 16, 31, if you're filling in your blanks there, the first word is, see yourself as a believer. May that be your identity, a believer. Why am I going to be talking about identity this morning? Recognizing it was uh, uh, graduation, recognition, uh, guys, ladies, whether you're high school, advanced degrees, again, how you see yourself impacts your behavior. In 1995, my son got up to preach. We would do youth Sundays, and my son got up and preached, and he preached on suicide. And I asked him, son, why are you preaching on suicide? And he said, Dad, it's the number two reason why young people die. Last week, I had a young man, a father, a family member told me, he said, my 25-year-old just committed suicide. And he was explaining to me why. He had self-esteem image problems. You listen to television, and psychologists will tell us that based on today's technology, the internet, we are dealing with a mental health crisis. My son didn't have to deal with that in 95. I didn't deal with that in 71 when I graduated from high school. But our young people have to deal with it. I've had schools call me up and say, Steve, can you get us somebody to come and speak? We need somebody to talk to us about bullying. I know a little bit about bullying because when I was in junior high, I mean, when I was in sixth grade, the principal had the school bully removed from the school, and I was the one that was bullied. So it's been around. We've got problems today. But the answer is in Christ. Your identity, may you see yourself as a believer in Christ. Second, may you see yourself as a child of God. Look at John 1.12. John makes this statement. And I do hope you have your Bibles. Young people, you just got new Bibles, so you can uh, work these. I've got one of these that's real new. It's uh, actually uh, back in the 90s. It was made, and I was the first one to open it this year. It had been sitting somewhere, wrapped up, never opened. Mine is wore out. And I said to my son, I said, love to get that Bible. And was able to find a brand new unopened one, which is sad. That had been around almost 30 years. And so this is only the second time that I preached out of it. So I've, I've got to get used to the pages here. So in John 1.12, what does it say there? To those that believe, to as many as believe in his name, 
become, what is the word there? They become sons of God. Do you see yourself as a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God? Now, don't buy into the common assumptions today by society that you are a child of God or people will say, we're all children of God. No, we're not. It's only if you're in Christ are you a child of God. You are a creation of God if you're outside of Christ, but you're not a child of God. It's not biblical language. You are a child of God. Being a child of God, you have a heavenly Father that loves you, provides for you, gives you identity. You have a heavenly Father that cares for you. You have a church family that loves you. You are part of a family. So see yourself as a believer. See yourself as a child of God. Next, let me take you to a passage that's found in Acts, back to Acts 26. Acts 26. Like I said, we're going to look at a few verses this morning. Acts 26, 28. Paul was before King Agrippa as Paul was being tried. And Agrippa makes this statement in verse 28 of chapter 26. He says, Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Is that your identity, Christian? Small Christ, Christ in you. When you wake up in the morning, when you think about who you are, do you see yourself as a believer? Do you see yourself as a child of God? Do you see yourself indwelt by the living Christ? Now, there are things that I'd like to learn. Uh, one of our guys here uh, is music, going off to Cedarville. And uh, I, I don't know how to do uh, uh, piano. I'd like, to, I'd like it, but it doesn't happen overnight. That's why I'm not a pianist. Now, I might learn, Pete, and I might learn how to pour uh, syrup on pancake overnight. So can you help me on that pancake pouring? Uh, but, uh, you know, Pete, you got to understand that I'm, my family's from Kentucky, and we do things a little different. In Kentucky, you got to have peanut butter to go on your pancake before you put the syrup. So it's a little different. Plus, I'm Western Kentucky, and we use caro syrup. So caro syrup, peanut butter, that's my quirk. Anyhow. That's part of my family life, being in the family. So do you see yourself as a believer, a child of God, a Christian, Christ in you? The next one I want you to see is found in um, Matthew, or excuse me, in um, Luke 14. And I've got these in kind of uh, alphabetical order to help me remember. So in Luke 14, 27, Scripture says this, and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my, and the word is, disciple. Do you see yourself as a disciple? A disciple is a learner. A disciple has a mentor. A disciple follows somebody. Back in those days, there would be men that would follow a particular man because they wanted to learn from him. Is your desire to learn from Jesus Christ? Do you see yourself as a disciple. Now notice in that context, Jesus says something rather strong here. He says, if you're not willing to bear your cross and come after me, you cannot be my disciple. One of the things that is happening in our culture, and it's been true for years, people may identify themselves a certain way, but not bear fruit. We might call ourselves Christians, but not look like Christ. See, if you're going to look like Christ, and if you're going to be his disciple, you're going to die to yourself. If you don't die to yourself, you can't follow Christ. You're either going to follow your will, or you're going to follow his will. So 
our graduates, as they go off to wherever they go, will be faced every day with the decision, will I follow Christ? Will I be a learner of Christ? Or will I do what I want to do? The next one, we pick up on that word follower in Matthew 4, 19. As we think of an identity, Jesus, as he began his ministry, gathered people around him that would go and preach and teach and heal. And in chapter 4, verse 19 of Matthew, Jesus says to these brother fishermen, he says, follow me and I'll make you to be fishers of men. Follow. You're going to follow somebody. Somebody's going to influence your life. You're going to want to be like somebody, but who will it be that influences you the most? I pray that you understand that the greatest person that's ever lived is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no one more significant, more unique, more exclusive than Jesus Christ. The greatest decision I ever made was over 60 years ago when I said, Jesus, come into my life, save me. That decision not only influenced my life, but it would influence the person that I would choose to be my spouse. It would, choose, it would influence my children. I have two sons. My, uh, uh, my oldest is 45. My, my younger is uh, 40. I have grandchildren from 23 to 3. That decision that I made not only impacted my life, but it's impacted the life of those that are most closest to me. And so I'm excited. As an example today, I mentioned that my granddaughter that just graduated is going to be a nurse. She's a follower of Jesus, and that's where she believes God wants her. My 20-year-old grandson, I just got back from a three-day trip to Boston, two days there, or four days actually, two days there, two days back, to take him to Boston where he's serving as a youth pastor, uh, youth leader, youth internship at a Southern Baptist church in Boston. And in Boston, we don't have churches like this that are Southern Baptists. They're small. He's at one of the largest churches in New England that's Southern Baptist. That church runs about 125. Most of the churches I've been in run 40 to 70. So pray for New England, for people to come to know Jesus there. Well-educated community. They need to know the Lord. So we've, we've talked about identities. Believer, child of God, Christian, disciple, follower. The next one I want to give you is one we Baptists don't use as often, and it's found here in um, Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 21. Philippians 4, 21, as Paul ends his letter, he says this, greet every, what's the word there? Saint. Greet every saint in Jesus Christ. The brethren who are with me greet you. Saint. We, we tend not to use that in our tradition, but the word basically means to be set apart. One of the guests that we had this morning was here from California, and uh, when she left, she told me, she said, the, the word that I like there in, on saint, she says, it reminds me that I'm holy. I'm a sinner by nature and choice, but by God's grace, his marvelous grace, he's forgiven me, and I'm seen as forgiven, holy, clean in the eyes of Jesus. How do you see yourself? How you see yourself impacts how you live and what you do, what you will accomplish. Set apart, holy. Let me give you the seventh identity. It's in, uh, keep your kind of hand here because we're going to come back to Philippians. 
But turn to 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9. Paul makes this reference. 1 Corinthians 9, 19. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Servant. Do you see yourself as a servant? Maybe you're in management. Maybe you have a position of leadership. Maybe you have this goal, I want to excel. I want to be at the top. Jesus says, we're going to be servants. So consider those seven identities. Which one grabs you and really compels you as you get up in the morning and says, this is how I want to live today. Reminding myself I'm a child of God. I'm a believer. Which one speaks to you? Now, your identity, let's talk about how it impacts you. Philippians chapter 3. Turn to Philippians chapter 3 with me. Philippians chapter 3. Listen to what Paul says as he gives us some verses that talks about his identity in Christ. Philippians 3, beginning with verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from the God by faith, and that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Your identity. We talked about that and gave you seven examples. Let's look at that impact. How much satisfaction do you have in Jesus Christ? Paul says, I count all things but lost. Our praise team, they got up and they sang, it's Jesus. Nothing is greater than Jesus. Amen? Where do you find your joy? Where do you find your pleasure? What is it that you desire most? May you have satisfaction, great satisfaction in Jesus. Yes, find your pleasure in him. But may I suggest to you, not only find your pleasure in him, live to give Jesus pleasure. Satisfaction, what about your security? Is your security based on your bank account? As we've looked at the stock market and my age, as I look toward retirement in the future, it's like, oh, this is not good. My security is not based on how big of a check I can write. My security is in the God who created the world, sustains the world. He's in control. It's not about some political party. It's about God Almighty. My security is in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, peace, peace, peace so many times. Do you have peace? You can have peace in Christ. Your satisfaction, your security, your significance. Where do you find it? Paul says here, my security is in knowing that Jesus died for me. That I get to go to heaven, not because of what I did, but because of what Christ did. He said, my significance is in knowing him. 
I've had the privilege of knowing some people over the years that are famous people. And um, I, if I showed you my phone, I'd, I'd show you, I could show you pictures of people that I would be with. And, you know, you can almost feel like you're significant because, uh, as an example, a couple months ago, I'm with Ken Anderson. And uh, some of you that are my age remember Ken Anderson took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. And um, so we were together, and um, I had my picture taken. And, and I forget things, so I have to have pictures taken. And then last year, I was with Joe Nuxall, and he signed a ball for me. Guess what? I'm not significant because somebody signed a ball or somebody had a picture with me. I don't know these guys. I just got my picture taken with them. They were gracious enough to spend a few minutes with me. But you know who really was gracious to do something? And if you look at this, you know, your value God was gracious enough to send his only son to die on the cross for me. So if you're filling in blanks, I didn't do that in the first service, filling in blanks, it's like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You are a value because Christ died for you. You are a value because you matter to God. You are significant. So your identity, be clear on your identity. Find your significance, your satisfaction, your security in Christ. In 95, my oldest son was graduating from high school, and I spoke to our graduating class uh, baccalaureate, and I, and I gave them the charge, and I said uh, to them, I said, would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing to be a thermostat instead of a thermometer? And then I explained, a thermometer reflects the temperature. I didn't know I had COVID, but I had, you know, running a fever. And so I put that little thing in my mouth and it says, fever. And um, wife said, you might want to take one of those tests. And so I took a test, COVID, and um, had no other symptom other than the fever. So a thermostat is different than a thermometer. We've got these things on the wall that if I look at them, it'll tell me what the temperature is. But not only can it tell me the temperature, it can influence the temperature. You can raise it or lower it based on what we do there. Young people, as you go out, you might be a thermometer just simply reflecting your culture. But I hope that as you go out, you'll be a thermostat where you influence your culture. Influence them to find their identity in Jesus Christ to find their significance, to find their security, to find their satisfaction. You've been blessed, uh, graduates, to have people that love you. Pastor Greg has loved you. Renee, teachers. Um, one of your teachers in recent years, uh, Miss uh, Keisha, um, would you come up here and help me with something? Um, she's uh, going to help me do something here. Over 20 years I got two degrees in psychology, so I read a lot of psychology stuff. So uh, uh, over uh, 20 years ago, a guy by the name of Les Parrott wrote a book called The Loveless. I'm always reading things on how to make my marriage better. Uh, my 50th is coming up, so I, I got to keep working on it, you know. Uh, and so Les Parrott wrote uh, back in 2002, and he was saying in that, he said there was a guy by the name of Gary Smalley, and some of you may remember Gary Smalley on marriage counseling. Um, he used an illustration that I want to use today. Uh, is that real? What is that? Came from the bank yesterday. Uh, 
I wonder if any of your graduates would, or any, uh, any of the graduates interested in a $50 bill? Okay, before you give that away, before you give, yeah, some of the non-graduates, some of the older graduates are, let me have that just a minute. Now, uh, uh, ask them to, they, if they still are interested. Uh, they're still interested. Okay, now, I'd have you do it, but injury here, I won't, I'll do this. I'll do it. Okay. Now, would you ask him if they're still in? You don't want to hold it now, right? <laughs> There's screens on bottoms of shoes. Uh, <laughs> we'll wash your hands. We'll, we'll, we'll clean them afterwards. Ask and see if they're still interested. You guys want it now? Uh, they're still. Uh, what'd you say? It still has value. Is that why they want it? Gary Smalley made the statement, and Les Parrott picked it up over 20 years ago when he wrote his book. Gary Smalley was speaking to 15,000 people in Portland, Oregon, on marriage counseling, and he said, it's interesting, because he was asking a crowd, and all these people were raising their hand, and, uh, you know, and he did this, and uh, the answer was, it still has value. And he made the point, says, whether you're crumpled, stepped on, you have value to God. And I would state it this way. Culture will try to crush you. Satan will seek to defile you. But you have value in God's sight. Amen. Somebody you picked out is getting that. So who's getting that? Pre stepped on. Well, you do whoever you want to. Because you, there, I, I don't, it doesn't matter. Cody's, Cody's doing an infant fun, right? All right, these newly married that are nine years plus now. Uh, now, you got, now you can take her out to eat now that you've been married nine years. All right, folks, your identity. You may not have your identity in Christ yet, but I pray today that God will speak to your heart about saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. And I pray that, you know, that that's not just something you say, well, I'm a Christian, and it doesn't influence you at all. May you find your satisfaction, security, and significance in Christ. And no matter what's happened, no matter what culture says to you, no matter what people have done to you, no matter what you've done yourself, understand that in the sight of God, you are valued, you are loved. Would you stand with me as we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ that gave us life for us. Father, thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. May we reflect more this morning on what it means to have an identity in Christ and how that impacts our life and how we can go forth and be a thermometer. Yes, but more a thermostat for the glory of God, advancing the kingdom, seeing more people come to be followers of Christ. This morning as we respond, there may be some that need to come to the altar, making decisions, sharing with people that are present here the decision they've made. Father, you be glorified as we respond to you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I
No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Have delivery till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning back, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. No turning back. I'm going to have um, Marsha keep playing and anyone who's willing to come forward. Marilyn's laid on her heart. She was with Pat last night praying uh, regarding the Fife family and their loss and Pat's situation in hospice. Just invite anybody um, to come forward and support Marilyn, support the family. Uh, just pray with us up here. So anybody that wants to come on out with us, uh, you can pray from your, your spot too, but uh, show any sign of support for Marilyn, for Pat, the Five family, all those um, mourning the loss of, of Dave this morning. Amen. Brother Greg often says, if you support us, maybe just reach out a gentle hand here as we all bow. And let's lift up the five family this morning. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. And even in moments where we are sad and mourning, uh, you tell us there are times for that. There are seasons for that. We pray this morning for that family, that you comfort them. We pray for Pat's situation, Lord. We know hospice and what that means. And we know the burden that is on, on the family. And so, Lord, just comfort. And there are so many friends here today of the, of the family. And, and they're hurting. And Marilyn has voiced her prayer her concern this morning, Lord. So please comfort the hearts. Lord, I pray for the message as well, that we would all find our identity in you, that at the end of the day, when life is done here on earth, we would know that we have a home in heaven because of our identity. And Lord, that is what we know of Brother Dave this morning, that he's walking those streets of gold because of his identity in you, Lord. So please comfort. Please, Lord, comfort in Jesus' name. Thank you all, thank you all. Amen. Amen. Well, as uh, Brother Greg says, are all hearts good this morning? I hope so. Um, you know, you can come talk to me or...
and you the deacons afterward, where you're thankful for the message from Brother Steve. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Solid message from the Word of God. Amen. Uh, it is Bread Sunday. I do want to remind you of that. I said it earlier, but what that means is if you have a dollar, uh, if you'd be so willing to deposit that in the uh, bread box in the back, I believe that's where um, Brother Bill is gone. And so he'll be there with the little bread box. That helps support our food pantry ministry. Uh, Roy usually does that. He had to leave this morning, so uh, Bill's got that in the back. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, you're good. You're great, Lord. Your mercy exceeds anything we can imagine. And your goodness is just beyond comprehension. And so, Lord, we thank you that even in times we can be sad, even in times we can have bittersweet moments like graduations, we see just the wonder of your awe and your power in our lives, guiding us and sustaining us. And so we just praise you, Lord. Ask for everyone here that they would seek you first. Find their identity within you, Lord, as they go about their lives this week. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. Thank you. Yeah.